Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's huge because that's what young teams have to learn. They have to learn how to win. And uh, this is, could easily have gone the other way, uh, but it didn't. It didn't because we finished it. Just can't say enough about the whole coaching staff getting the guys ready. You know, it was a tough loss last week, but victories like these galvanize the team. And uh, this, this team is starting to believe and see what they can be. We're built to run and stop the run and then get after the quarterback and take shots. So that's our MO, and, uh, and we're not changing. And we were way better defense than that. That's why it, it bothers me a lot that we gave up all those points and all those yards. So we, we got to fix it because every game ain't going to be like the offense. They're going to have it going every game. They're going to need us to help us help them out uh, sometimes. Like, they helped us out today, and, like, we, we got to get it. We got to figure it out. Now, that's a great team win. That's what we're capable of. I hope we finally realize it and move forward, knowing that every time we take the field, we take the field to win. Not to play close, not to play good, but we don't know how it's going to happen. And it's always going to come down to those last five minutes. No matter what's going on, it's going to be those last five minutes. Today, we answered the bell. Yeah! Hey, Samuel, three! One, two, three! And welcome to the Real Bucks Talk podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow at Real Bucks Talk on all social media platforms. This is Michael Plus, your host. Join, as always, my co-host, Mark Ramirez. Mark, the NFL is crazy, man. This is just, it's a weird league. Like, you go from losing a game on a missed field goal to putting up 55 points up against the defending NFC champion Rams in their house. Um, I mean, we kind of, I mean, I'm not surprised by it. I don't think you're surprised by it. Um, we were kind of going into this game thinking the Bucks were going to win, and uh, they they pulled out that one. And I, it looks like they learned their lesson from the previous week. Yeah, I mean, so I said we had a chance to win and that we we ultimately always have a chance because how much talent there is on this team. They did a lot of stuff where I thought that they should have. And did I expect 55 points? No. <laughs> I was almost saying that, the Rams would get 17 because it was like the little sk- funny how their points are getting lower and lower. Our defense just was getting worked by Jared Goff. But the thing is, we our offense never let up. And you, you say, oh, you want to see 60 points. We damn near got it, okay? <laughs> 55 points most in franchise history. Hell yeah. But that's that's huge. Like The offense didn't let up like they did last week. And this is a huge thing where keep your pedal to the metal, like go for the kill, they actually did it this time. They didn't just get passive thinking, oh, we're going to look forward to the next week. And again, 28 points at halftime. I I loved the whole, it was exciting. 
it was again you felt like they were going to have a heart attack because they're like oh here we go they're going to give it up again and then of course all our all of our fellow buck fans are saying oh yeah they're going to lose this is, this is how they blow it this is where they're going to do it and you got pissed off at that <laughs> and i agreed with you i mean no this is where we need to step in and say we're going to win and how bruce arian said this team learned okay we're not taking this no more we're going to win this game the defense stepped up even Jameis on that it was 8-11, I told you earlier today. 8-11 to, I think it was 235. That's a huge drive in the fourth quarter. Right. Massive. But that's how you win. You drain the clock out. You make sure the other team doesn't have a chance. And then you're up eight. They would. They needed a touchdown and a two-point. Oops. Yeah. They couldn't get it. Yeah, Pressure let, on them. Let me uh, repeat this. The Buccaneers won 55-40 to over the uh, Los Angeles Rams, bringing their record to 2-2. Two and two. Um, it, it was a game that, you know, I think a lot of lessons were learned from the, the previous week. I think they, they understood, you know, like we talked about it, Byron Leftwich, I think probably had shown the, shown the biggest growth because he continued to just add on and add on and, and not let up. Like, um, I was telling Mark yesterday, um, during our, our conversations, I was like, we need to keep going. There's no reason to stop. If the team can't stop you. There's no reason to just sit down and, and take a fart, you know. Just keep <laughs> just keep going and keep pushing, um, and that's what they did. I mean, there was just great play calls. I mean, the the touchdown to Mike Evans was beautifully designed and set oh, up. Yeah. Um, play action, throw it down the field. You have the one on one matchup, um, well executed. But yeah, just the continuation of continuing to attack. Yeah, they were mixing in the run game as well, which was nice. Ronald Jones looks like a different human being. Um, you know, he just he's running crazy. So a lot of good things. Offensive line was was outstanding. Um, but yeah, I mean, before we get into the X's and O's, I mean, just from an emotional standpoint, that was a big win for this team. Uh, it it was good to bounce back after such a devastating loss, a game that you know you should win, and now you go into this ramp, you know, against this Rams team and pretty much dominate the whole way. It just shows how capable this team can be and if they can clean up a little little things on the defensive end they can be that much better and it can be pretty scary absolutely again like you're saying i wanted to give our first emotional opinions of the game mm-hmm. the offense like we've been saying for almost a couple of years now yeah this is what they're capable it's, of it's so talented across the board right. i mean we really didn't add anything on offense besides bernard pyramid who was hurt with a hamstring right and Anything else? Nothing else. That's pretty it's much, all about, about I mean, the, same, the same exact offense, just a different scheme, scheme and told what to do better. Right. And the offensive line is the exact same thing. Yeah. But guess what? They're blocking so much better. But they blocked a, amazing. It's yesterday. also, yeah, exactly. It's also a different mentality. Like yeah. this team attacks weaknesses um, that they see yeah. in the posting defense, which is just night and day different from what we've seen in the past. I mean, they continue to go to Chris Godwin when obviously he was the guy that just could not be stopped. And you you like to see that they attack um, the Rams' corners. I mean, he was in the slot against what well, you said it was like five foot seven corner, yeah, five like, seven he, Quincy Roby, whatever. Or yeah, he couldn't. He was Coleman, the guy that got jacked up by the yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the guy that jacked up the Saints guy, right? <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He wasn't going to stop Chris Godwin. I mean, and then it was either Akeem Talib or Marcus Peters. I mean, they were just having their way, but. I just liked that. And also, Jameis was spreading the ball around, which was really nice. But, uh, yeah, just really good to see. No, they just noticed that Mike Evans was getting so much attention. And right. they're like, fine, if you're going to keep doing that, we're going to keep going the other way. Right. 
It's not like our number two is a number two. He's like one B, like Mike mm-hmm. Evans said. Right. So until you design your defense to try and stop him, we're going to keep giving it to him. He had ten catches at halftime, correct? Right. And two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much saying, okay, you're not going to cover him. We're going to keep giving it to him. Mm-hmm. And like, we'll talk X's and O's later, but just still, like, the offensive attack of the different screens, not even just to Godwin, but to O.J. Howard. Right. Uh, the way they worked in the run, the way they would pass out of a run formation, where even with cutter days, I'd be like, "Oh, this is oh, they're running the damn ball." Here we go, and nope, it was a it was a pass with Byron Leftwich, and they 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 just did it. I mean, there's there was only one moment in the second and goal in the fourth quarter where I thought they should have done a pass, but right. they played it semi safe. But they were, they already had points, yeah. So I can see that one, but mm-hmm. that the offense did it. The defense, yeah, the they gave up a lot of yards, a lot of passes, and the pressure was still always there. It was just yeah. they got four turnovers though, yeah. and that was huge. And they scored on twenty eight points on all of those turnovers, so that was pretty much the difference in the game. But uh, I think we're going to get into uh, questions, yeah. so let's uh, let's lock and reload. So we talked enough. Let's hear what you guys, the fans, had to say. Mm-hmm. And again, like I always started off, we're always going to start off with the email questions first because we put it out there for you guys to put it for whenever you have the time to put it and ryan nix just happened to be writing us during the game yesterday and it looks like he wrote us during we were dominating and then during the, the end of the game so he wrote this is ryan nix he writes Jameis bleeping winston he says please talk about this man and how good he has been eight touchdowns to one interception in the last three games please talk about it and then he follows that up with uh, this is where we won the game. Barrett with a huge sack fumble and the Sioux touchdown in L.A. OMG. Great game. Winston threw one bad throw, but overall, great performance by the offense and good closeout by the defense. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Jameis has been playing uh, outstanding uh, since the San Francisco game. I think it just shows you how this team is growing. It goes back to what Mark was saying last week about how this team is going to continue to learn and get better and continue to traject uh, forward and upward, which is really good to see. And, yeah, Jameis has been pretty much lights out. He's put three games together in which, you know, possibly should be three wins in a row. But, I mean, he's just he's playing outstanding right now. Um, there's some little things that he can do better. Obviously, you don't want to see that interception, you know, at the end of the game. But, and, and some of the sacks that he's been taking, you know, you would like to see him get rid of the ball. But at the same time, I mean, he's playing smart football. He's he's understanding pre-snap where he needs to go with the football. I thought he did a really good job yesterday. Yesterday was probably his best game of the year so far as far as understanding pre-snap, locating the mismatch, and then identifying targets. And he also spread the football around as well. So that was really nice to see. Yeah, so to correct his numbers, he's eight touchdowns and two interceptions because of that one interception right. in the fourth quarter, which could have been crucial, and it was a pick six. That, to me, if there's one negative on that, I mean, there's a couple negatives I'll give on Winston, but he wants the positives. Yes, he's he's had almost 1,000 yards in three games, mm-hmm. eight touchdowns, two interceptions, nine sacks. Wow. Yeah. But a lot of that, like Bruce Arian said, is him holding the ball a lot of the times. Right. Just get rid of it. Throw it away, like just come on, find a different resolution. Because there was a time where he took a sack where we had to kick field goal, or it was a punt. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the second, 
possession. It was the second drive. Yeah, yeah it knocked us out of uh, field goal range. So he's he's still learning too, but still, like he's limited the mistakes. Mm. Let's be honest, he has, and he's executing a lot early on in the first half. Like it's like they're scripted plays. He knows it, and he's hitting them on a dime. Like right. their first drive was amazing. Yeah, it was a thing of beauty. So Jameis, when he he has time and he knows what he has to do. He can do – and the deep ball guys, like, everyone was on his case about this. Yeah. And the dude can hit a deep ball now. The Mike Evans deep ball was pretty yet again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's – you got to give him credit because no one thought he could. Now he's doing it little by little. Is he Peyton Manning? Is he Drew, Drew Brees, Tom Brady? No. Let's be honest. He's not there yet. He's making good intermediate and deep throws as of now. Mm-hmm. I'm still suspect on his short throws because it's like he can't. He just can't throw a short pass. I don't understand. <laughs> but he's much improved. He's eight touchdowns, two interceptions in three games. I'll take it, hands down. And thank you, Jameis Winston. <laughs> but with that said, let's go on to the Twitter questions All or on right. the Twitter poll or on mm-hmm. a poll. Let's see who's first. Actually, Robert Green. Let's go with Robert Green first because his was funny. Robert Green says, most ridiculous overreactions after a loss or after a win? Uh, I would say uh, probably definitely after a loss. I mean, you know, after that Giants game, I mean, a lot of Bucks fans were just jumping out of the window or just jumping out. Did you? No. Well, uh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah, I, I, Yeah, I was one of the ridiculous ones, I guess. I was pissed off more. I mean, it, it just... Yeah, I mean, it just sucks. I mean, especially games like that. I mean, you, you throw it away, and, and it just it hurts. So, yeah, I'd say more ridiculous after a loss for sure, you know. And then you have just people just being crazy. I, yeah. Telling Matt Gay to kill himself? Right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Guys, again, don't do that crap. No. It's a sport. It's a game you watch. Now, I Twitter's crazy sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, also – Obviously, after a loss, because we lost the first game, no one gave us a a chance against right. the Panthers. Right. Not a not even a slim chance. Yeah, oh, we were like, going to get blown out. It was automatic. Savage. Oh, and four. Jeremy McCoy's going to get yeah. seven sacks. Yeah. We're trash. <laughs> and we come out and win, and our defense looks amazing. Right. And it was the same going into this. Same go- Same exact thing. Oh, the Giants. Oh, and two. Yeah. Oh, rookie quarterback. We suck. Yep. Even though we had a 28-10 lead, mm-hmm. and we just shot ourselves in the foot. Again, like like I said last week, we are our own worst enemy. Right. We, we, we beat ourselves. Mm-hmm. When we learn, like Arian said, not to beat ourselves and just to learn how to win, we're pretty damn good. Right. 55 points, what, 48 of it is on the offense? Mm-hmm. We're a pretty damn good team. Right. And obviously after a loss, because all... All Buck fans, all during the week. Oh, we're, how bad do you think we're going to beat? Even every radio station. Oh, I said it last week. 45-20, it's going to be it. 45-20. I was like, I hope to God it's 45-20 Bucks win. It was close. close. It was, it was at, at one point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just so funny, guys. Like, And I, I took the, the high road. I was like, but look at the positives. We're always in the lead. Yeah. We're always winning at halftime. Then we just kill ourselves. We didn't do it this time. Yeah, we got a little bit. We got a little bit into that crappy fashion, but then we pulled it all together again, made it where it's the other team has to do some things mm-hmm. to put it together to try and win. And that makes where you pin your ears back, 
Shaq, go to work. Mm-hmm. Sue, finish it for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just that's how it is. I guess it's a Bucks life. I reference that maybe like once a podcast. <laughs> and it's sad. Like we got to change the Bucks life to being, oh, we can win. Yeah. And we're going to like start chanting to beat the other team, not just be like, oh, here we go. We're going to mm-hmm. lose. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Because after a win, I guarantee people are still thinking we're going to lose against the Saints. Oh, yeah. But, okay, so let's move on. Robert Green yet again, second question in a row. With Rojo emerging, should the Bucks trade Bray and Barber for Ramsey? This is all caps, okay? <laughs> all caps lock. How soon can the Bucks trade Bray and Barber to get Ramsey? <laughs> well, obviously he's he's being a little uh, facetious there, I believe. Um, but oh, hands down. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't see us uh, trading for Ramsey, but. I mean, I know a lot of fans are talking about we need a lockdown corner, we need this and that. You know, the Patrick Peterson talk has been brought up now. Um, but yeah, I just don't see the Bucks moving anywhere near those guys right now. I think they want to see what they have in these these young corners. They just invested a lot of capital into the secondary. They want to see how it plays out. Oh, I agree. And you have Jamel Dean, who you haven't really seen much of, and right. and he might be our best cover corner. <laughs> he's the bit. I mean, he's massive. Yeah, and. All you saw him on was special teams. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting Ryan Smith back from special teams. Right. Who is a beast. Yeah, we definitely need yeah, him. We, yeah, we, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But Yes. But let me give you a really quick audio of Bruce Arians talking about our young secondary right now. Because I thought this was huge. We still have some, some young DBs who are playing a little careful. And my message to them is it's time to play fearless. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake, but don't don't hold your breath. All right, let it go. Yeah, that's spot on. I mean, and you can see that on tape. It's obviously they're they're still thinking a little bit too much out there instead of just playing full go, full speed. Um, I definitely see it with Mike Edwards. I think you you talked about it before the podcast. Mike is just a little hesitant too much as far as where he needs to be, and he's just ending up late. Um, same thing with like VH3 at times. He's playing a little bit too hesitant in his coverage, especially when he's playing off. Um, Carlton Davis, obviously, um, just not not going for it. He, you know, he he made one play there at the end or end of the half where he could have had a pick, dropped it. But you know, just playing fearless, like Bruce Aaron said, I completely agree with that. I think the biggest two were. Mike Edwards and the biggest one, Sean Murphy Bunting. Well, yeah, I mean the dude is a, a straight up athlete, rookies, and he just he looks like he's thinking way too much. He's worried he's going to get beat instead of worried about enforcing his will on the other person in front of him. Exactly. And there's times where it's like, how is there that big of a gap, dude? Hmm. You were a superior athlete. You tested extremely well, like top of the the combine. You are good. Just get your head in the game. Be confident in your abilities, and you're you're going to be okay. Like right. don't don't worry about what the other team's going to do. Worry about what your assignment is, yeah. and where you need to be. And you're, you'll you'll be fine. And mm-hmm. remember, where your defense is a team, it's mm-hmm. a unit. We're all going to work together to to be there. Right. And maybe that's a part of it. Like I mentioned, like I wanted to bring up, like our I I was like, holy crap, our defense is ahead of schedule. But maybe it, those first two games were a fluke. Maybe it just no one expected it, and now they're like, okay, well, now they're 3-4, they're aggressive, okay, we know what to do. Mm-hmm. Now that that's happening, the secondary, they have to cover all this space. There's so much more they have to think right. than a defensive lineman who just has one man in front of them go. So it's, I think, 
again, like I've mentioned to you, the more they get playing time and yeah. time to understand the defense, the better they're going to get. Yeah, I think it's about getting comfortable. It's yeah. also, you know, pass rush and coverage have to work together. You have to understand, okay, this guy's blitzing. I have to come in and pick up this spot. You know, a lot of those things have to be better as far as communication. But it's also, I mean, like you said, guys just understanding where they need to be. I think that will eventually get better, like we, like you said, over time as they continue to play these games um, and get comfortable and understand, okay, it's okay to make mistakes. You know, it's going to happen. Let's let's go out there and play just balls to the wall like Bruce Arians is, is wanting to, to have them do. Yeah, I agree. And before we go on to the next question, guys who wanted – Jalen Ramsey, it's not going to happen. You're no. not going to. I don't think he's going to get up a first round pick for Jalen Ramsey. He's not going to get traded. I don't think. We'll see, but still, I 100 percent think Robert Green was joking, yeah. sarcasm. It was in all caps. It's it's blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. It it's just not going to happen. You have all this investment in the secondary. Let, let them grow. Let them become their own individuals. Right. Um, so let's go on to Chef Aaron 26. He says. With Rojo emerging, how deadly could the play action be, and why don't we use it more? Are we one lockdown corner? Oh, second question. Are we one lockdown corner from this defense being elite? I also feel like White's return will help in this defense with the air attack. So address the Rojo emerging first. Yeah, Ro- Rojo, I think, uh, you know, obviously we can tell Rojo is the better of the backs. I mean, as far as what he offers, I mean, his speed and just his uh, break tackle ability. Obviously, Peyton Barber is still good at what he does. I mean, he's going to get you those three or four yards and, and be consistent in, in that fashion. Um, but Rojo is just really coming on, I think. And, and a lot of people are questioning, oh, why did, why do they not start Rojo? I think it's just it's just how they want to play the game, how they want to play against these defenses. They want to really you know, keep them off guard as far as who they're bringing in there. I think Rojo kind of surprises the opponent once he comes in there because it's just a, such a change in, in uh, speed and really gets them you know, just juiced. I mean, so, and as far as the play action goes, I think they did a better job of it this past game of using it, but I would still like to see it a lot more. I mean, especially in the shotgun with Rojo back there, I think can be very deadly. I would like to see more RPOs. Um, you know, more play action rollouts, stuff like that. Uh, because really, I mean, it just opens up so much. And the middle of the field is always open, especially with the playmakers that we have. Yeah, and jumping off what you said, Rojo emerging, he, he's been showing this since training camp. Right. And everyone couldn't stop talking about him. So, and he showed it the first game. Yeah. So it's not just emerging, he's here. He's mm-hmm. He's doing what he's been doing for the past what four weeks now right. and in preseason yeah does he deserve the starting nod let's just say this he is night and day different than peyton barber you give him the ball it's lightning you give barber the ball it's more like i'm gonna yeah. like how they used to say with all style uh-huh. it's just it does he look like an rb1 hell yeah mm-hmm. hell, not even yeah hail to the yeah does he deserve it? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, Barber probably does do better in blitz pickup. Probably is the more reliable option. I guess seniority, I guess you'll say. But <laughs> either way, he, he he's destined to take it over. But it, you guys shouldn't really look into that just yet. Yeah, it shouldn't. I, he, it shouldn't be. Oh no, because he's better. He needs to be number one right now. Right. He I, got 19 carries. He wasn't the starter. Yeah. In this game, I so. don't think it matters really. I mean, they. 
Rojo's going to get the bulk of the carries going forward. I don't think it matters if he's in there on the first play of the game, uh, to be honest. So, But as far as the second question of the lockdown corner, yeah, sure, the Bucks could could use the lockdown corner. That would be nice. But, again, we, we talked about it before. I think you got to wait and see what the secondary can do. There's a lot invested, and, and we want to see how they how they turn out and how they get better going forward. Um, and then and then to Devin White, yeah, I think Devin White's going to be a huge asset, especially if he is picking up things while he's been on the bench right now as far as on the injury, you know, mend. Um, and he's learned things just seeing game tape from Kevin Mentor. I think that's going to be a huge benefit for him coming back, and hopefully that's returning this week. And, you know, I know he wants to play against the Saints because that's his hometown, mm-hmm. LSU. So Louisiana. You know he wants to come back in a big way and, have a, and have a big <laughs> uh, big performance. So, um, yeah, I, I think that will make a huge difference. Uh, yeah, we mentioned the lockdown, lock, lockdown corner. You said it best. Right. I mean, let – Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting, those are high draft picks. Yes. Let them develop. You already have the pass rush. Let, let the secondary jump these routes because this, the pass rush is there. Mm-hmm. Just let these guys learn where to be. You don't need a superior guy where you give away a first-round draft pick for them right. when there's still other needs that need to be addressed. And Shaq Barrett talked about it. He's like, yeah, we're not satisfied giving up you know, 40 points. They obviously know they have to get better. And, you know, Shaq Barrett was pissed about it. So they're going to find ways to fix it. I'm pretty confident in that. This is not Mike Smith's coaching staff. This is Todd Bowles. He's going to figure it out. Yeah, and and that's that's the funny thing. Talking about Mike Smith, I hate (laughs) – I know. I don't hate to bash it (laughs) because it's true. We bashed it for so many years. Right. You don't hear any of these players downing this defense – you hear them more responsible saying that we need to fix it. I'm ashamed. Or that we're way better in this. We need to do better. You heard Levante David saying, oh, we didn't practice this right. last year. You heard players just say, oh, well, I don't know where to be. Or like I, they, they told me to play back. There's so many question marks. Mm. They're accountable now. Right. They're yeah. pissed off. They did bad. You didn't hear that crap with the Bucks defense last year. Talk about total total culture change and a difference in mentality and just a belief in your defense because they know they can be better. Because I don't think Mike Smith's defense was ever better besides that five-game stretch like I mentioned a while ago. That's long ago. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but also to his Devin White comment about our defense being better, in, especially in the air attack, I've mentioned this to you behind podcast doors. That I truly believe Devin White is our dark horse, wild card, whatever you call it. Because X Factor. Mm -hmm. Because if he can play at all to his athletic ability compared to what Kevin Minter has been doing, he can make this defense a whole next level up. Like crazy explosive, crazy just the quarterback has no clue what the hell is going to go on because he is that good and that explosive and he can cover. So, I mean, like Kamara, Cat McCaffrey, they, they haven't seen Devin White yet. Devin White played, like, what, five plays against Carolina? Right. And he got hurt. The dude is insane. There's no question about his athletic prowess. Like, he has it. It's just always his mental game. That was my biggest issue about him fifth overall. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if he, sit, he sat down, he's learning from mentor, okay, I got to be here, I got to do this, Le- watching live action, you know he wants to be on the field. If he can do anything a step better than Kevin Minter, 
look the heck out. Yeah. The dude is, yeah, he's special. Mm-hmm. All right, but let's move on. Chris at TV Bucks for Life said, what's with these phantom holding calls? Also, when is the last time they called roughing the snapper? BS. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, he's probably mentioning the holding calls on the long Rojo run. That was like 54 yards. Or 74, right? Uh, it was long. I mean, it was a long run down to the five-yard line. But Oh, okay. No, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they were kind of – it was kind of ticky-tack. I mean, Bobo Bobo was probably the worst of it because he had his arms wrapped around the guy. So that was – I mean, that was kind of obvious. OJ, I thought, had a good, good block. Yeah, I thought that was a good block. So – but yeah, I mean, they're they're gonna call it again. Um, you know, that's just what they're they're doing now. And um, if they see it, they're gonna throw the flag. As far as roughing the the snapper, I mean, that was a little. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but it's it's in the rule book, so they gotta call it. I'm more upset about these roughing the passer uh, penalties, like the one oh. on the Nassip one. That was just ridiculous. Yeah. Barely touched him, just pushed him, and they call that a, a roughing the passer. And then you can't fall on the with all your body weight now, which is ridiculous. Um, so the, I have a big issue with that one. But, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, that and Donald Aaron Donald slapped Jameis Winston in the face. Right. Almost, almost took his helmet off, yeah. But but that wasn't a roughing the pass. No, no. I guess the same thing with the, the Bills-Patriots game. Yeah. Josh Allen gets a concussion, <laughs> gets slammed in the face, but that's not a flag. Nope, no flag. It's But if it was Tom Brady, that would, probably would have been a, a flag. That probably would have been an ejection like Devontae's perfect, out for the year because you hit TB12. But and they missed Donovan Smith. Like, how do you miss Donovan <laughs> yeah, Smith? Donovan Smith. Jesus. <laughs> that was the hardest hit of the year. Three, three thirty-five, probably three fifty, flying through the air to hit Marcus Peters. I thought and he was dead. <laughs> I thought he was dead. I I went back and watched it in slow mo. The guy was out. Hey. <laughs> Vontez Burfick has nothing compared to I thought Vontez was like a soft hit. Like, <laughs> that was nothing compared to what Donovan Smith did. <laughs> but he laid the wood. Yeah. I mean, does he know how to tackle? Probably not. No. So, was he upset? Probably. He was just upset. He's like, damn it, Jameis. Why did you do this again? <laughs> but, I mean, you shouldn't warrant hitting a guy in the face like that. No. I mean, he... I don't know how the hell the guy got back up. I swear, that's the hardest hit I've seen in my life. (laughs) Like, that's the hardest hit ever. That was bad. But, I mean, to answer your questions, the phantom holding calls, it, I guess it's a point of emphasis, right? POEs, they call it. Yeah. It it shouldn't be that much. It was last year, remember, with all the the flags hitting, touching the quarterback. Now, hitting him, touching him. Yeah. So, uh, you would think it'd be called equally both ways. Mm -hmm. This is how it's been. As a Bucks fan, it's almost like you should expect it. Right. Let's see when we start actually getting some games winning. Mm-hmm. Maybe things change. You, you never know. But the whole lines played extremely well. They they doubled Aaron Donald. Like they just did it right. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what? Let's give him their their kudos. And Bruce Arians, tell me about how the O line did. How well did your offensive line play? Oh, they played fantastic, and. Uh... I don't know if he had two sacks, but if he did, Jameis just held onto the damn ball too long because we blocked him. And uh... Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We blocked Aaron Donald. He had one tackle, three assists, big goose egg for sacks. Right. So the, the whole line did what the hell they had to do. Mm-hmm. They made sure there was a clean pocket. Those two sacks truly were Winston just holding on the ball too long. And the holding calls, 
hey, there's gonna there's there's like almost a holding call in every play. So they aren't phantom. There are actually calls sometimes, but I'm right with you. Like sometimes it's like, damn it, come on. <laughs> but okay, let's move on to the next one. This is from Jacob at Jake Martin eighty eight. He said, I have listened to a lot of people talk about the D having a bad game. All things considered, three thirty three points from the Rams O, sixty eight passes. They were down big out the gate. I think D played a hell of a lot, hell of a game. Not nearly perfect, but came up big in big moments. A ton of possessions. You go first. Yeah, I mean, you look at that first half. I mean, they they caused what was it three turnovers? I think in the first half, and we scored on all of them. Um, you know, that was that was a good sign. I mean, they they are forcing turnovers. They, they forced four in total, I believe, and we scored twenty eight points off of those turnovers. Um, that I think they held the Rams to 36% on third down. Um, but you just like to see them be a little bit more uh, consistent as far as being a little bit more tougher to score on. Again, it goes back to red zone defense. Now, if you're going to play this, you know, bend, don't break kind of style, got to be a little bit more forceful inside the red zone and hold them to three points. Uh, they did it at times, but again, I think they only forced one punt, which isn't good enough. Uh, but just little things they got to work on, but overall, I, I, you know, I'm not mad at them. Again, your offense put up 55 or 48, um, so I mean, the team did what they had to do to win the game. I think that's what matters. Defense is going to have their their uh, hiccups. You know, they're going to have to learn through them and get better. I'll say this: I'll give the defense their pass rush was incredible. Vita Vea. and yeah, Dominican Sue and Jared Goff made, Shaq a, Barrett, made a lot of good throws. He made yeah. Let's give Shaq. Oh, Shaq Perry. Let's give Jared Goff his credit. He made a lot of beautiful throws. Yeah. A lot. Every one of them was almost under duress. Right. So you got to give him credit on that. Even some of the the quarters were the corners were on their guys. Right. Some majority of the time, or just a hair late. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but that's what you're going to get with this aggressive style defense. Right. I was telling you, like, if you blitz two other guys, everyone's manned. Mm-hmm. Or there's a man QB, QE spying in the middle. Like, you can't expect man-to-man be immediately to knock the ball down immediately. Right. They don't know what route it is. If it's a timing route, they're going to get beat. So, sometimes this is what you get. If you're going to be that aggressive, you better expect your secondary is going to have a tough time. Yeah. Or if they don't get home, if that pass rush doesn't get home, guess what, guys? I mean, it's that's the game. You send more in, there's less to cover. Right. It's just... Addition by subtraction. I mean, you just you think about it, yeah. right? No. I mean, no, you're absolutely right. Same thing was happening with us against the Giants. Like Mike Evans is single. Obviously, just throw the damn ball up. Mm-hmm. And golf, it's a timing offense. Just pass it to the the spot. Yeah. And they did that a majority of the time. And Sean McVay knew, okay, we can't run against them. Right. Tiger only had five damn rushes. <laughs> yeah, low. sixteen yards. Two of them were damn touchdowns. That, that upsets me. Upsets yeah, me. yeah, lowest of his career as far as rushing attempts. Um, but eleven attempts all a game. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> but I mean, and you got to credit the Rams. I mean, the Rams made the adjustment going up. Uh, they went no hurry. Um, I think in the second quarter, and that really changed the game because Jared Goff is a different quarterback once they're in the no huddle and they're up tempo. Did you call it no hurry? Yeah, no hurt. I don't know. <laughs> Up tempo is what I meant to say. It was a no huddle offense. No huddle. No there huddle there offense. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Don't hurry. <laughs> But yeah, they they went up tempo and that really changed the game. And and Jared Goff was, I mean, he was just pinpoint with some of his passes. 
Um, and the Bucks were hitting him a lot. I think they hit him near to 20 times, and they had a lot of hurries. Um, he did his some some of some of them. He like escaped and like made throws. Yeah. So uh, he, I mean, he he played pretty well. But at the same time, like I said, they forced no turnovers, and we took advantage. Offense did their thing, and uh, it's a win, you know, and that's what matters uh, at the end of the day. I'll say this about the defense. So their leading tackler was MJ Stewart, eight tackles. Right. He had one pass deflected. So what do you think the Rams' defense was trying to do? Oh, they were going after him. Yeah. Yeah. And as teams will do. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's good at the line, which I've said multiple times. In coverage, if – you have give him time. He's he just doesn't have deep speed. He can't cover deep. Eight times, eight tackles. Imagine the ones he didn't get. <laughs> so I mean, it just sure. And then Carlton Davis seven tackles. Yeah. I mean, damn, it's a lot. But either way, positives. Jordan Whitehead first interception. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Levante David first interception of the year. A lot of it's based off of Shaq Barrett being a damn man. Oh, yeah. Levante's interception was a QB spy, which I called. Yeah. Patriots did it, and Levante benefited off of them. Um, and then Shaq Barrett himself with the interception. Oh, yeah. You can't talk good enough about Shaq Barrett. The, the man, I put up a clip, like a minute-long clip, of all of his pressures and just the ways he affected the game. He caused the Whitehead interception. Mm-hmm. He got an interception himself, and then he gets the strip sack that Indomitian Sioux scores the game-sealing touchdown. The dude is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, Puts his mark all over the field. Like, three tackles, one sack, two passes deflected, and one interception and one forced fumble. Yeah. How many other numbers can you get? I don't know. I mean, he's had such an impact that now he's teaching Vita Vea how to spin move. I mean, it's just just great how he's, you know, he's really taking over that defensive line and and making sure each one of them knows how to spin move. And Vita Vea was just dominating on that spin move. It was looking pretty. But the problem was he just he's not as fast as Shaq Barrett. So once he was you know he was getting in there, but man, and you know of course Jared Goff gets it off quickly. Uh, but that was just a beauty uh, to see, and I hope that continues, especially against Teddy Bridgewater, and we have him running for life, and uh, that'd be nice. You know what? Let's switch it up. I said it. We're gonna do offense first, mm-hmm. based on Jacob's question. Let's do defense entirely first. Okay. Our own opinions, because there's no more no other questions after that. Okay. So. Let me jump on that. Okay, go ahead. Our defense in a whole, I'm going to point out areas where I th- find weakness because I'd rather go to the weakness and then hype up players after. Like I said earlier, Sean Murphy Bunting and Mike Edwards, I think, are still thinking. That's what happens with rookies. They're going to think the game's a lot faster. Mike Edwards is way faster up in his head in the game than Sean Murphy Bunting is right now, but still, he's a hair slow. And I think I mentioned this last podcast. The second that starts speeding up a little bit more, those are interceptions, those are knockdown passes. He's playing out of his mind. That's the difference between a half a second in this game. And he, he is making close plays. He is around the ball. Right. He's just not making the play. And same thing with MJ Stewart. Like The first touchdown for San Francisco, he was around the ball. But if he's right there, he can knock the ball away. It's little things like that where I think Mike Edwards can become something special. He just needs a couple more games. Just keep get keep learning, keep your head in the books, understand where you need to be in the defense and wh- when you need to be there. Because he can make this, same thing with 
with uh, Devin White. They both can make this a special defense, right. but he's still late, and I'm going to keep pointing it out until he proves me wrong, and I, I hope to God he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sean Murphy and Bunting, just, buddy, <laughs> pick it up in the playbook. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're slow right now. And if we get an injury, luckily we got Ryan Smith back now, but we need you. You're, a hot, you're our second-round pick, our highest second-round pick. We need you. Yeah. Um, so that, that's me speaking from a team mentality. You, you have all the athletic traits, put it on the field. But other than that, the defense pressure-wise, hella good. Kevin Minter was all over the place as getting after the quarterback. Jordan Whitehead, blitzing. I loved his blitzing. He knocked down like two passes. Right. Had three pass defense. I, dude was all over the place. Um, Levante David, interception, touchdown. Or almost touchdown. Mm-hmm. But led to the touchdown. Right. Um, Carlton Davis, aggressiveness in the run. Like, or that quick uh, screen pass, which I was like, oh, God, no one's over there. <laughs> and he comes out of nowhere and makes a play. They're all aggressive. They're all being where well, the guys that know where to be are knowing where to be and when to be. Right. They're, it's just the little bit of things. In a defense, you got to play 11 as one. And we mentioned that all last year. Let's bring it again this year. Then Mike Edwards, Sean Murphy Bunting, if they're not in the right space, it's a glaring hole for a quarterback. Right. Fill in those gaps, we got a dangerous team. Yeah, and I would add the only thing I'd add to that is just um, the defense in the middle of the field. Obviously, that's probably our, our weakness just based on the scheme. I mean, that's going to be an open area. Um, I would like to see us cover the tight end a little bit better. That's that's just something we have to work on. Um, it's been a it's been a bugaboo for a, bugaboo. <laughs> for a long time uh, for the Bucks defense, but um, those are just little things they have to get better at. Um, I, I think. I think once Devin White gets in there, that that's definitely going to get better just because of his speed factor and his ability to help out Levante um, in coverage. But yeah, I agree with Mark. It's just it's little things that they're just they're just not there yet as far as getting there. You know, uh, just missing it by an inch or you know half a second, like you're saying. Um, and that goes with the blitzing as well. Like we're so close yeah. to the quarterback. Like Shaq Barrett was just inches away from getting like sack fumble after sack fumble. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, if we could just cover a little bit longer, um, you know, he's there. So there's a lot of good things. Um, same thing with Carlton Nassup, you know, and Dominic and Sue had some good brushes. Um, we're getting there. We're getting hits, but we're just, we got to find a way to finish those plays and make them. Yeah. And let's give one more kudo or an obvious point that we've made a million times. Mm-hmm. The center of our defense and Dominic and Sue and Vita Vea, is truly, truly the strength. Oh, yeah. Shaq Barrett will not get doubled. I'm telling you guys. No. Y'all, I keep thinking, oh, with all the attention, who else is going to come? I think I saw him get doubled one time. after. Out, out it was by all. a running back. It yeah. wasn't by a tight end. Yeah, it was one time they doubled him, and that was it. But other than that. And guess what? That one time, probably Vita Vea did a spin move and <laughs> almost killed Jared I think Goff. we got a hit on the quarterback for sure. But so It's just those two, even though Ndamukong Sue only had one mm-hmm. tackle in the game, I can tell you, I can point out a bunch of times where he actually caused disruption, forced the ball the other way, or actually caused a pressure. So, uh, I mean, it's I see it a lot. I know what those these guys are doing. They may not get the stat sheet, but they're feeding everyone around them. Yeah, and the reason why we get so much pressure up the middle. Right, and and the Bucks coaching staff isn't stupid, so they're they're going to find ways to move Shaq Barrett around, and they did that yesterday. I mean, they moved him to the left side or right side. I mean the the ending the game ending play he was on the right right tackle 
and uh, took advantage of it. So they're going to find ways to, to flip him around, and, and that's what I like. Uh, so they move him around to get him isolated. Um, but obviously the two guys in the middle, they, they make the defense go. It's all about them. That's why they picked Devin White. You know, he's a big reason, you know, that was their plan. They're going to have Devin White come up the middle. They're going to have him do what you see Kevin Minter doing now. Um, and Devin White could probably get there just a little oh, bit yeah. quicker. Imagine because, that. Yeah. Because a of hair speed. faster. Yeah. Because Kevin Minter isn't, didn't time well. Right. Devin White timed like a damn wide receiver. Imagine that coming at you. Right. Oops. <laughs> and then let me give one more shout out to William Golson, first sack of the year. Oh, he's playing out of his mind. And he's playing, he just does it well. And again, he only had one sack. One sack, one pass deflected. That was it. That's all he had. But he's playing good. But he's playing the position right, guys. So give these big nasties, big uglies in the middle their credit because they're feeding everyone around you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's move on to the offense. Yeah. I'll let you take that first. Yeah, offense. I mean, the big big takeaway from the offense is obviously the play of Jameis Winston, but also just overall game plan was to perfection. Um you know, you went five of six in the red zone, which is awesome to see. That's 83% conversion rate. That's where you have to be at, um, you know, scoring touchdowns instead of field goals. So they were they were just outstanding as far as the overall game plan. We talked about it with, you know, Chris Godwin attacking mismatches and continuing to, to enforce that and go after it. I mean, if it's there and the defense can't stop it, don't stop. Just just keep it rolling. Um, using the play action, using the running game uh, to, to show some balance in the second half. Uh, I think Jameis dropped back 41 times in this game, which is maybe a little tad high. You don't want to see him throw it that much, but when it's working like it's working, you got to take advantage of it and keep it going. So a lot of good things offensively. Um, you know, biggest thing was offensive line. You know, Jameis did get hit a couple of times, got sacked a couple of times, but again, some of that is just on him. He's got to give her the football a little bit quicker. Um, you know, Scotty Miller uh, was, I know I, he didn't really show up in this game, but he, he had one play where he probably could have scored six, but Jameis got hit um, on the throw and it ended up short. But a lot of good things offensively. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin just look like a, a tandem that cannot be denied. Uh, throwing to Cameron Brayton in the red zone, you know, mm. is something I've talked about. And they set up that play perfectly. That was out of a running formation, like you talked about, where they play action. They had Cam Brayton lined up on a corner. I think it was a keep to leave. And that's just an easy mismatch you got to take advantage of. Um, just a great play. And, you know, I like seeing that. Um, like you said, O.J. Howard in the screen game, perfect. Um, Chris Godwin, you know, attacking with him in the red zone. That It's just it's, it's great to see. And they finally – just put it all together, and it was executed very well. Yeah, make America break again. <laughs> I'm serious. I love seeing break catch a ball. It's and the emotion he spikes it. The Gronkowski spike. Mm-hmm. Just hey, the dude's fun to watch. It's fun to see the ball spread around. Again, like you jumping off what you said. Everything pretty much. Yeah. Like the creativity with the screens, the sharing the ball, like realizing. That they're doubling Evans, go to Godwin until they stop it. The the keeping it balanced, even running the ball. We ran tw- more than 20, 30, 30 times, thirty one times. Yeah. I think it was yeah to to forty one throws. Mm-hmm. Still, it's semi balanced. I mean, that's right. And then Winston sixty eight percent passing, three hundred eighty five yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. The two sacks are on him, but still, like, the offense is a total. They just did everything. You, you could score so many damn points. Right. You can't 
call that many mistakes, but because all we do is look at tape, let's give the only mistakes. The only mistakes I'll see is obviously the Winston one interception where if you're in your side of the 50, let alone your side of the 20, especially in the fourth quarter, do not throw interception. Right. Throw that out of bounds and kick it and make them earn it. Yeah. A pick six is definitely what you don't want to see. I know Ryan Nix doesn't probably want to hear that. <laughs> but you just that that was a bad decision. Bruce Arian said after the game, like right after he's like, Oh, we want him to make throws like that. No, you do not want to make throws like that. No. Okay, uh that's just one big glaring one. Because that that could have started the momentum again where you start losing. Oh, mm-hmm. he threw it. Now this is where we fold. Because I mean, uh, yeah. uh, young teams, that's what that, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You can't have that, especially your leader. Yeah. Um, they got a little cute on the the sixth attempt in the red zone where they had the the toss play to Ronald Jones. Yeah, that, I, that's I, one I wanted. To I, I thought that just wasn't good. I, I you know, in that situation, I would have liked to see them do some type of screenplay again, or you know, some type of quick pass to get down inside the the five yard line, set up your third and goal, or what have you. Maybe even score on that second down play. Um, so that was just that was a little funky. Um, didn't like that. Um, they played it safe. They got the field goal. Went up eight points. But just like to see them just continue to attack it. You know, don't hold back. Don't feel bad that you're scoring at will. You know, you you play this game to win. And if you can win big, you go for that that big win. You're you're right. And I guess yeah. It's why when has a a sweep ever worked? In Tampa history, now with this, yeah, in the this. past five, like yeah. I think I made a point, like our offensive line is made to be power, right? Like we've been doing this double and go with perfection mm-hmm. through the first four games, right? What are you doing? This get everyone moving along the line. We, we just we aren't that. Mm. Why would you do that on a crucial second and goal? I know you're trying to waste clock, but why wouldn't you just do a play action rollout? Yeah. And if it's not there, Winston just run. If it's not there, eat it. Then take a sack. Yeah. <laughs> the damn kick was twenty-one yards. Right. So, I yeah. I, agree. I, I if there's only again, this is us getting mad at a loss. <laughs> now forgive me at a victory. Right. Of just a second down play where we thought we could have killed them even more. But this is the thing: we want to win. We want the most out of this team. Mm. We're not downing them at all. It's just finding the little things where we can make improvements mm-hmm. that's about it uh offense yeah they, you can't really down them anywhere else yeah. like the running game could run when they wanted to uh, i think it was chris bucks for life tb bucks for mm-hmm. life said yeah just the flags those little random flags that yeah. stunted some of the, the plays. yeah i mean it was just kind of a setback for rojo rojo could have had 150 yards in this yeah. game um and the one touchdown had a big day i mean that's you know him uh Chris Godwin, you know, Mike Evans, all those guys, uh, really bright spots. Jameis Winston, um, you know, the key is, you know, Jameis keeps playing like this and just keeps being consistent um, and hitting, you know, what is there. I think we're in really good shape. Uh, you know, obviously that's that's led with the offensive line and the way they're playing. Uh, just being able to stop Aaron Donald like they did, uh, that's really impressive. Um, didn't really allow anything to Dante Fowler or Clay Matthews. Uh, did a really good job of just, man, really taking it to him and being being there and, and making those plays. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for the offense. Um, you know, probably the the biggest negative we go. out of the game that I want to get into. Um, 
we're not going to start with the kicker. We're going to start with the special teams overall oh. as far as kickoff and, and, and punt coverage and the punter and, and that situation. That needs to be a lot better. Um, a lot of things just not good. Uh, coverage-wise, you know, your punter – that has to you have to work in in tandem there, and it's got to be better overall. Making sure guys make the plays that they're supposed to make on on special teams units. You only had two punts all game. Yeah, but it still needs to be better. And and then also the the kickoff return where he took it out, he should have not. I mean, that's you got to be smarter in those situations, and that led to the pick six. All know. right, so I'm gonna agree fully on the punting situations and the kickoff situations. T.J. Logan just. Some of these just kneel it. I I don't know if he just wants to make an impression to try and stay on the team. Got greedy. But some of these just do it for the better of the team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pinion, yeah, he still hasn't shown much of anything lately. Right. Like, we've had some good punters over the years. Like, mm-hmm. just pin him deep. Yeah, we haven't had any of that. And he, yeah, like. We're missing opportunities there. So th- this isn't something I like seeing. And maybe it is. Ryan Smith not being there. Maybe Justin Watson's a pretty good gunner. I, I don't yeah. – I just don't understand what's going on. Sean Murphy bunting isn't looking like a good gunner it's at all. It's not making it happen. I mean, is it the punter or is it the, the gunners? I don't necessarily know. I don't know special teams that well. But either way, that that's just not working how it's supposed to. Like last year, our punter and punting game was actually pretty good. It's always been good for a while. Right. Uh, we could pin him deep. We just couldn't stop him worth a shit. <laughs> worth it, you know what. But yeah. uh, Matt Gay. Let's get into Matt Gay. The dude was, let's see, nine for nine on his kicks. Seven extra points, two field goals. One of them was 58 yards. The other one was a game winner, 21. Or pretty much on offense, it kind of sealed, pushed it. Mm-hmm. One, so... I'm not mad at him. Yeah, he missed the one extra point at the end, and then they're like, oh, flag. He's like, oh, I, I, I'm joking, guys. I'll hit it in. <laughs> I, he did his job. Yeah. I mean, I I know you're going to bring up your point, but mm. the dude's a rookie. He's hitting kicks. He, he missed a couple big – one big one. Put Give me your point. I'll argue <laughs> it after. No, let me first off start by saying I am extremely happy for Matt Gay because – he came back and he did his job. He came back and, and just looked fantastic. I mean, he was putting the ball right down the middle. Uh, the 58-yarder, the um, that could have been good from 70 yards. Like, yeah. it was just – he put on a clinic, and it showed the potential of what he can be, and, like, that's what I expect of him. Like, he he can do it. It's just about going out there and getting it done. The one, that, the one thing I <laughs> go to now is – it just pisses me off that I see that, and it's like you couldn't make a 34-yarder, you know? Like you you mm-hmm. make all these kicks in a row, and you just couldn't do it that one time. I just don't get it. And that just I was shaking my head. I was like, man, he's putting everything right down the middle, and all you had to do was that one time, and we could be saying 3-1. and one. But, again, it's in the past. I, I know he's a rookie, like you said, but – uh, it just it's just frustrating, um, but I hope he he never misses again, and I don't think he will. I think he's going to continue this hot streak and continue to play awesome like he's capable of, and he's going to make game winners for us uh, this year. I, I believe that. Okay, again, you you answered all your questions. Yeah, he's a rookie. You put him in a pressure cooker situation. I'm still pissed off about that. Yes, <laughs> you can get upset, 
but it's in the past now. I, I got to move. We're on. two and two. Yes, we woulda, coulda, shoulda been three and one. We got bigger games. We woulda, coulda, shoulda been four and zero. Oh. I know. We got a big game. If this Winston week. doesn't shit the bed, you want to go back and uh, talk about Winston? How? Why are you throwing all these damn pick sixes? No, I mean right now everyone's saying, "Oh, look!" Like Ryan Nix just said, eight touchdowns, one interception, uh, asterisk two. But it's just you can't look back in the past. We're two and two. Yep. We're still second in the division. You can look in the future right now and say, if we beat the the Saints, guess what? We're three and no four and three and two. Yes, in control of the NFC South because we have two division wins. Right, exactly. So that's what matters most. That's what matters most. Yeah, it's a so, big game. Yes. It does suck that he missed that kick because that's a easily a easy kick to make. But the thing is, to me, I saw the positives, the fact that we're in the game. We've never been out of a game. We're right there. Yeah. And, it's, yes, it sucked that it was against an 0-2 team, right. a rookie quarterback. I get you guys, okay? I'm right there with you, but I'm tired of losing. I'm going to see positives and I'm going to see negatives. There's so many more negatives with Cutter. We're always down. Right. We're fighting back, and everyone thought, oh, we just lost it at the end. No. Everyone did what we did against the Giants. Yeah. Oh, they suck. They're not going to come back. Oh, they're coming back. Let's, let's show up late. <laughs> yeah. that, we're the total opposite now. We're good. Teams are like, holy crap, we got to fight to come back. And then we give it up because we don't know how to hold a win. Yeah. And now we're doing it. Yeah, now it's just about closing out games. I mean, that's that's the beauty yeah. of it. That's the, the flip of what we've how far we've come from last season. You know, we're starting games off well. We're we're taking leads. We're taking com- coaches know how to execute right. on weaknesses. Yes. Can you believe it? <laughs> exactly. So that's that's the beauty of it. Um but yeah, I mean, got a huge game this week. Uh I think I tweeted it out um earlier today, you know, yes, yesterday was great, but it doesn't mean shit if we if we stink the bed against the Saints this coming week. We got to be able to put two games in a row you got to be able to put three games in a row. You just got to keep stacking them up, uh, and you got to be able to do that. Now that's the test for this young team. Can they start putting wins together in a row and, and keep momentum going on their side? You, you truly hope they can. Yeah. And, again, against Teddy Bridgewater, it's in New Orleans. Still, it's not a Hall of Famer at quarterback. And you said it yourself. He likes to hold on to the ball. Oh, yeah. A 12-9 game should not happen. Yeah, 12-10. 12-10, it was 10? Yeah, you're talking about yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12-10 Ooh, was the 10. final. Yeah. So, and I had a talk with this about a co- with a co-worker. They're like, oh, but the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. I go, are you really going to say that? <laughs> you not. really think that? Come on. Like, I think the Bears are better than the, the Cowboys. Yeah, defensively, yes. I mean, Cowboy, uh, the Cowboys have Ezekiel Elliott. After that, it's one fiddle. It's Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they ain't got nothing. Right. So guess what? They come up against the Bucks. We stopped the run. All they got was Cooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone with a defense can stop that. Right. Yeah, their defense is pretty good. So, I mean, the New Orleans is – they're showing that actually they can beat teams without Drew Brees. So you got to go in there and make a statement. Like you just said, it's – Teddy Bridgewater, hold on to the ball. Keep doing this pressure you've been doing. Keep forcing the issue. Michael Thomas is known for short passes, making him bigger. Guess what? Get in his face. Do not give this dude any space. Right. But that's for another podcast. Either way, the Bucks win 55-40. to 40. Yeah. Holy crap. 
And it's a victory Monday, guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a victory Monday. Uh, with that being said, thank you guys so much for the questions and your and your thoughts. We appreciate it. Be sure to email us, realbuckstalk at gmail.com. Um, but everyone have a great week. Enjoy this win. Uh, we don't get, you know, you got to enjoy it while it happens, you know. Um, really appreciate it because this season goes by fast. I mean, it's already week five we're heading into. Um, so the season goes by quickly. Let's enjoy every moment and take it all in. With that being said, go Bucks. And see you next time.